Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. We've got a lot to get to with you guys, um, and I want to let you guys know that we're going to break down the large group of official visitors that LSU has had on campus starting Thursday to all the way until, I believe, Thursday that they'll all wrap up and leave, so a week long of double-digit official visitors. We'll have that recap for you guys later this week, um, and we'll, we'll button it all up for you guys. I want to get some intel on on how the trio of official visitors, which are Jackson Howard, the four-star uh, athlete they're recruiting at Edge, um, Jeremiah Hughes, the Las Vegas Bishop Gorman defensive back, and then um, uh, the um, um, Deshaun Womack, sorry, the uh, St. Francis Academy defensive lineman they're recruiting, uh, how those visits go, and we'll package all that up for you guys in one big, massive official visit-centric podcast, which will also feature a preview for uh, the weekend official visitors as well. Um, we'll do that later this week. Uh, but I want to lead off with this. Uh, we've got a couple things that we've got to hit on. First of all, LSU. The class of 2024 is here. The Tigers got their first commitment over the weekend. Four-star defensive back Maurice Williams II out of Shadow Creek in the state of Texas announced that the Tigers were where he was going to be playing his college ball at. Um, the DB tradition there, the relationships with the coaches, the food, community, and it felt like home is what he told us. Uh, so he went ahead and jumped on board with the Tigers, had offers from all over. Arkansas, Houston, Michigan, Ole Miss, Oregon, and plenty of others. He's the number 71 overall prospect, number five safety, and number 12 prospect in Texas, according to the on three consensus. Got a solid testing time, 4-7-4-40 yard dash as a sophomore. Uh, that can continue to improve, but really solid prospect. Almost six foot, 190 pounds already, um, physical player. And has the skills to uh, continue to develop as far as making plays on the ball. That's from our uh, director of scouting, Charles Power, who was also in Baton Rouge with us uh, this past week uh, for LSU Elite Camp. And both he, Sam Spiegelman, myself, Peter, Cody Belair. I mean, we had an all-star crew of on three contributor contributors um, catching up uh, all in Baton Rouge for Elite Camp. And we had a, one an absolute blast. Went to walk-ons, went to Superior Grill, went to Phil's. We did all the usual stops that you have to make in Baton Rouge. Took uh, Cody um, and um, Charles there when they were in town. Um, so thank you guys to, to that crew for always taking care of us. Um, and we brought you guys a lot of good coverage, felt like. We have a lot of highlights that are on the site from the workouts. Zalance Hurd, Cole Dellinger, um, Colin Hurley, um, all sorts of... Uh, uh, really impressive prospects, uh, Omarion Miller as well, uh, working out in front of the staff. Um, and so let's jump in. We're going to do a podcast, quite honestly, on takeaways of that elite camp. But Maurice Williams was the big news that we had to touch on right away. Uh, he committed shortly after elite camp and uh, was in town for an unofficial visit. And that was kind of it. So I, I don't think LSU's done getting going on their class of 2024. So make sure you guys stay tuned to thebengaltiger.com for more on that. A lot of momentum in that class going on. Uh, Tavion Galloway, four, uh, four-star tight end, 
was on campus to work out in camp. Um, he was one of the key guys we got eyes on. Came in at about 6'3", a little shade under. Um, caught the ball well, moved around well. Didn't test particularly well, but uh, we liked what we saw for the most part from him. And, uh, you know, in a state, in a, in a class where Tradez Green is in the state of Louisiana and, and out there and, and a key target for LSU, Tavion Galloway out of Cincinnati, Ohio, wouldn't be a bad way to start that tight end class off. So we got a chance to get eyes on him. But let's kind of back it up here and let's go into the class of 2023 and let's keep it at defensive back at the very least. And I want to talk about Jermaine Matthews, who is also out of Cincinnati. Um, a huge, huge dominant performance from him. Earned an offer from the staff. He ran a 4-4. He went to Ohio State the next day, though, and it looks like the, t- the Buckeyes are kind of going to start to trend on that front. Wouldn't shock me at all if he was the one, if he uh, ends up staying closer to home to play for the Buckeyes. Um, they also just picked up a prediction uh, after uh, his camp performance earlier this month, and he took an official visit. Sounds like the Buckeyes are in a good spot, but the LSU offer that went out uh, that really, you know, made a made a big wave was to Ashton Stamps out of the New Orleans area. Plays for Rummel. Played both corner safety. They worked him out at uh, punt, punt and kick returner. He camped all three all three opportunities he had at LSU. He camped early in the skills camp, and then he camped both days at the elite camp, and he came away with his offer. Sam Spiegelman, myself, we put picks in. I think the Tigers sit in a great spot to land him. He's back on campus on Tuesday for an unofficial visit uh, to kind of get a real rundown of the program and what what it's like under Brian Kelly and this new staff. And, you know, I was talking with somebody, um, you know, at camp there and Rummel players for the most part have really worked out well for LSU. They've they've done some studies on high schools and kind of hit rates and things like that. And Rummel has one in particular that's been really particularly nice to, to LSU, Christian Fulton, Jamar Chase. Um, you know, they had signed Coy Moore, Coy Moore out of there um, recently. They also brought back Colby Fields, uh, who, who played his high school ball there as a transfer this offseason. So Ashton Stamps, this is a big offer for him. I think it's one that really changes his recruitment. And it could change LSU's defensive back recruiting as well. He's, he's probably a safety in the eyes of the staff. But what do you do now? You've got Michael Doherty, who's pure nickel. You've got Ryan Yates committed. But then you also have Dalen Austin, who had a terrific performance at corner. But then if you take Stamps, who's got some versatility, you got to be okay, I think, with taking Kylan Jackson as well. So loading up at safety, I think, is a great move for LSU. I think they need to churn that room and get some more talent in there. Um, and, and certainly Ashton Stamps proved it that he should be one of those guys that is being recruited by LSU and, and being taken um, as far as, um, you know, a, a, a guy that you want in that class. So they offer Ashton Stamps, get him on board uh, would be huge. You know, I think when you look at some of the other top standouts, you got to flip over to the offensive side of the ball um, and and look at uh, what Zalance Hurd did. I saw him a year, or not a year, um, about a month and a half earlier working out for his high school uh, on the first day of spring ball. And he was just... He was just solid. You know, you can tell he's still learning the position. He's only been playing it for a year. 
Um, but he's done a terrific job doing it so far. And I thought he looked so much more comfortable uh, in camp. He was a top performer. He came in measured in at uh, six, uh, five and a half, 308 with 36 and a half inch arms. That's why he's a five star um, as it stands right now for on three. If the rankings ended today, he'd be a five star prospect. And I, I think after seeing what he put together at camp, you know, I, it, it's tough to argue. I think there's, you know, part of our job is projecting. Part of our job is also trying to pick some guys that are sure things. And he's kind of in the middle. Um, and, and he's got every projectable measurement test testing. Um, and he's and he's shown now in the camp setting and as well as his own spring practice, he goes against a bona fide uh, power five prospect in Matthew Fobbs White every day that he can do this and he can be one of the best offensive linemen in the country when it's all said and done um, at the college level and go on to be a draft pick. So he was really impressive uh, at the elite camp. He came and camped on that Friday with Brad Davis. Uh, also, Cole Dellinger was there to camp. And I get the sense he checked in 6'3", 294. I get the sense he's on the board. But, you know, we'll see kind of what happens now um, between him and LSU. He's He's got that leverage. When he gets that leverage, he's in good shape. When he doesn't, um, he can kind of be put on skates a little bit. And, uh, you know, we, we saw a little bit of, of um, you know, we want to see more out of him a little bit. Um, as far as what he put together. But keeping with the 2023 class, Damian Sanford out of KT Paytow um, got an offer. Madhouse really liked what he saw out of him, and he uh, certainly looked the part. You know, I mean, he ran, a ran I believe, in the low 4.5 range, um, maybe even high 4.4. Um, I, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but really impressive uh, prospect who's been on a tear this off this offseason getting offers from Texas, Texas A&M. Um, A&M is a school to really watch for him. I think right off the bat, uh, DJ Hicks, uh, the five-star defensive lineman, one that I think Aggie's sitting in a really good spot for. They're teammates now, um, and who knows, Damian Sanford could jump on board uh, with the Aggies at some point, but LSU is, hosting to keep, uh, is hoping to keep battling away for him and keep uh, you know things going in the right direction on that front. Uh, because he is uh, a really talented prospect that they would love to get their hands on for sure and uh, you know get him get him on board. So um, they got him on campus to ran him through a little unofficial visit and uh, we'll see if they can get him back for an official. Now, two wide receivers in the class of 2023 that really impressed as well. Um, you, you got Omarion Miller who came into camp. I, I, I don't even know if the word, the word impressed is probably the right right word but he was he was fluid he just lacked consistency catching the football honestly in his intermediate routes um you know that was probably the the biggest knock on him and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Omari Miller and LSU but he came to work out he worked out privately for Cortez Hankton um, but right now I, I think he's gonna have to really ball out as a senior um, to find his way back in the class I think he is He's somebody that is worth taking, but you've also got to be, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to you know, take his spot and and give up a spot that could go to somebody like Harvey Broussard, who was also in camp, who really shined. 6'3", 170, ran a four seven laser, which isn't great, but he caught the football really well. Uh, he was super long, uh, had some impressive other aspects of testing which make him seem like he can play at this level 
But I thought the most important thing was just how tough he was in, in catching the ball and making plays. That was what really stood out to me um, as far as Harvey Broussard. Um, now, LSU on the quarterback front, this is another group that, you know, we saw a lot of the top 2024 20, arms come out. Uh, Walker White, a quarterback out of Little Rock, Arkansas, picked up uh, an, an offer from the Tigers. Uh, he was steady on day uh, day one of the camp and, and um, earned that offer and they'll continue to recruit him. Uh, Josh Flower uh, out of Mobile was on campus and you know showed the big arm that, that you'd like to see from a, a highly touted prospect like that. I think you've got to shout out 2025 quarterback Colin Hurley. I mean, he did a terrific job. Uh, probably one of the smoothest guys we've seen all summer at the quarterback position. Uh, he really has that ability to, to make all the throws. You almost wonder though, is he tapped out physically? He's gotta, he's gotta grow, not has to grow a little bit more. But if if, he, if that's the size he's gonna be at, you gotta be okay with that if that makes sense. But a really, really talented passer. I mean, I thought he probably threw the best ball we saw all summer at LSU camp um, and was consistent. So Colin Hurley's gonna be right at the top of that quarterback conversation for LSU uh, for that class of 2025, without a doubt. Um, you know, he was just he was just really smooth, really, really impressive uh, what he was able to do. Uh, they also, you know, had uh, um, Justin Jefferson uh, and no, don't don't get it confused. But Justin Jefferson was uh, on campus to throw to uh, throw um, to work out at linebacker, kind of going back over to linebacker, um, the number one junior college linebacker in the country. LSU offered him and he came to camp shortly thereafter. Uh, and he just did a terrific job, really looks the part. Uh, he's clocked at really impressive times throughout the summer. So they got a good look at him, um, and I think he's somebody that LSU is going to turn the heat up on without a doubt. So um, that's kind of the rundown on elite camp. Um, you know, we, we saw that LSU got, in, uh, got a commitment from Maurice Williams, um, but now uh, that is kind of it as far as the news that we've dropped if you're not subscribed to the BengalTiger.com, check us out. We've got official visit reactions already up. We've got camp notebooks. Uh, obviously, we're dropping this podcast. There's another surprise visitor on campus right now as I'm recording this podcast that you guys have to go check out. It's a big one. But we are going to now drop the interview with Charles Turner that we promised you guys. Uh, happy to have him on the podcast uh, and just talking about his summer and what he's been doing. So um, we pushed that one back. Now we're happy to drop it, and we hope you guys enjoy the interview. Happy to welcome Charles Turner to the Bengal Tiger podcast right after this quick break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Welcome back to the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Billy Ambody. Thank you guys for being here with us. Joining me now, I'm happy to say, LSU offensive lineman Charles Turner joins the podcast. Charles. Thanks for jumping on board, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? No problem. I'm doing great. Doing great. Another summer day. 
little hot out here. I know you've been running running the uh, the sprints out in the heat. You've been working some summer camps. Uh, how has summer been uh, working with Jake Flynn and and kind of balancing classes and all those things? Um, well, summer been going well, man. Uh, I feel like it's a lot more like better on our bodies, less strenuous, but the work is like a lot more intent. You know what I'm saying? So like we might only be out there for about 45 minutes to an hour, but everything we do is just with intent. It's like with a purpose. And, and kind of dive into that a little bit more. Is it, uh, is it more calculated? I mean, I noticed you guys got the catapults on, even when doing your, your team runs, at least from what we saw, you know, just kind of bumping into you guys, you know, at camp recently, is it, are they kind of taking that analytical approach that you're seeing a little bit more? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot more about the numbers. Um, with that catapult thing, it just, it tells us how many calories we've been burning, uh, how many, how many steps or miles we done ran or, you know, just a lot, a lot more with numbers than just, just going out there and just working hard every day and just, it kind of gives us a baseline as to where, like, okay, this player, he done ran this many miles. Okay, maybe we got to cut back on this or that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a lot more analytic than it was in the past. And that's that's going to be exciting. I mean, when, when you talk with Jake Flint, you know, I've talked, you know, with a couple of players, a couple of people around the program, there's just a lot of excitement about what he's bringing to the table. What are some of the goals he set for you going into this summer and, and where are you at kind of, early on in the summer working towards those goals? Um, well, in the spring, you know, I had came off an injury and uh, I was bouncing back from that and repairing my shoulder back from that and everything that was going on. So this summer has been more of just a maintained focus on me getting stronger, just based off, you know, in last year and last season, I had blew, blew my shoulder out. So I have no choice but to get stronger and then, and actually now for so far this summer, I feel like this is the strongest I've ever been, even just coming off of my surgery. Like this is the strongest I've ever been taking his approaches and doing some of the things that he's taught me, you know, shoulder cars, you know, getting getting things more. It's not it's more about uh, the work that you need, not necessarily the work that everybody else is doing. You know what I'm saying? It's about, OK, each individual player. You know, we we we've had our problems with this. We've had our problem with that. So he addresses that and then he implements it in our workout plans. So, you know, it's just like we come in, if you're coming back off of injury, you know, you might have a little a different implementation than, than the next man, you know. Yeah. And, you know, as far as, you know, getting stronger, you know, are, is it a weight thing as well with you? I mean, you're going to be you're competing at that center spot or, or what are kind of the goals in that respect too? Uh, the weight thing, uh, I have about 10 more pounds to go to reach my goal, which is 310. Right now I'm sitting around 300, 303. So I, pr I feel like I'm at a pretty good weight. Whereas like in the past, you know, I was a bit more just eating everything I could to eat just to catch up on that aspect of the game. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like I'm toning my body more than I, I would have in the past rather than just eating this or eating that. I'm like, I'm eating more healthier options. And then when I go in the workout, I'm toning my body on what, what needs to be, you know, what needs to be bigger. You know what I'm saying? What needs to be stronger? What needs to be this? What needs to be that? So it's just for me personally, like, like I said, I felt like I was a bit more 
sloppier as it as it pertains to the weight game. But now I feel like with Coach Flint coming in and the new nutrition staff and everything, everything's been going well for me. Got it. And, and you know, for for most people that they probably know this, or you know, maybe it's it's been so long now that they've forgotten. But you come in at for the 2019 season. You were on that national championship team. You were two. 145 pounds back then, I think. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, a lot has changed at LSU. A lot has changed uh, with you since that time. But quickly, maybe like take us back to that 2019 season. What was what's one of your best memories from that or something that you will always, you know, stand back and say, wow, that that just happened? Well, uh, 2019 coming in, like you said, I was a lot smaller you know, than any other guys around the country coming in to play O-line. So, I mean, from my perspective, it was just like the older guys were with me every day and they seen the potential I had, you know. It wasn't it wasn't that, oh, he's 245, he can't play. It was like, okay, he's 245, but there's some things that he does on film as to where it's like, wow, like this kid can be really, really good if he gets the weight. So, you know, guys like Sadiq Charles and Lloyd Cushenberry, they stayed in my ear and stayed harping on me about, you know, getting bigger, getting stronger, because, you know, the on-field things were there. It was just I had to develop physically. Got it. And, and I mean, to take away from that group that I, I think the whole starting five is in the league or, or at least ended up, you know, getting drafted or having a shot at that. I mean, what, what did you learn from that, that group in particular? Uh, I learned a lot from Lloyd, especially like just even like snapping. Like when I first came in, you know, the speed of the game changed. So it was like the way I snapped in high school was totally different than how Lloyd would snap the ball. And, you know, it was just his cues on how to get my feet right, how to how to lead with my toe and not my knee, you know, certain things like that. It was just Lloyd had instilled a lot of a lot of fundamental things in my head that maybe I didn't realize I was doing in high school that when I got to college, you know, him being a good leader and him being a good person that he is, he took me under his wing and showed me a lot, a lot more things about the game fundamentally. That's awesome. And and now Lloyd enjoying a lot of success has a, has a new owner running the team in Denver uh, here soon, but uh, enjoying some success with the Broncos now. Uh, and let's go back to now the, the here and now with you. You've waited your, your turn. You've played here and there. You, you've gotten some experience. Now, coming out of spring, you were sitting at that number one center spot from what we could tell. Who? Are you, what's the competition like there? Who are you battling it out with uh, now that the, the competition is going to go into, into the fall? Well, now that we have everybody back, um, the, the person I'm battling with right now is Marlon Martinez. You know, he's a great guy, great person on and off the field. And, uh, you know, they're looking to give him a shot as well, you know. So it'll be an exciting uh, fall camp for us. And at the end of the day, we're teammates, you know. Team come first, but at the same time, it's competition. So, like, we're both pulled on the same side of the rope, but, you know, we have to compete against each other. And we both realize that. So going into this fall camp, competition is obviously on our minds, but at the same time, the team come first. And maybe give us the scouting report on him. I know he missed the spring, but what does he kind of bring that might be a little bit different from you and maybe his strengths compared to yours? And, you know, just how do you, it seems like you guys, you know, are, are honestly kind of different, different players, you know, not just in the sense that you guys are 
different people in general. Yeah, we are a bit different. You know, Marlon's a bit bigger than me. I would say about 15 pounds more than me. But, you know, uh, I feel like my athleticism kind of gives me an edge, you know, over, you know, certain opponents and certain things. But then, you know, him being bigger could give him an edge over certain support uh, opponents and other things as well. So, you know, just with me, basically, I just think, you know, we're both good players. We're both mentally and fundamentally very sound. But, you know, I have a bit more athleticism than him maybe, or he might be a bit bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's not very much different. It's just, you know, we're just two different style players. And then along the offensive line, you mentioned competition at your own spot, but it really has, has gone across the whole offensive line from what it seems like. You know, we saw Will Campbell emerge at left tackle. I'm sure he's going to get challenged, but he looked pretty you know, locked in there at left tackle for the most part. But then the other spots, I mean, you know, you talk about Anthony Bradford, Miles Frazier, Cardell Thomas, uh, Garrett Dellinger. I mean, Traymond Shorts, Cam Wire, Mar um, Marcus Dumerville. I mean, what's the competition like elsewhere? It just seems like this group, you know, as as you guys are searching for that that best five, has competition all over the place. Well, I mean, that's what Coach Brad preaches to us every day. It's like, you know, with Coach Davis, when we go into meetings or we meet up as a group, it's like he preaches to us every day. Like, it doesn't matter, like, who's, who's starting this week, who's starting next week. Like, everybody knows with the people we have now that every day you come into practice, you got to compete. Like, whether that's in the season, in fall camp, in the weight room, anything, like, he, he looks at everything. So this room that we have now is just uh, a room of, of high competitive people. And it'll be fun. This camp will be fun to see how everything pans out. But like you said, there's high competition in our room. So you never know what's going to happen. And I'm excited to see what, 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 leads, what leads on in this season. And how much more comfortable are you guys with Coach Davis going into that second year um, with him now that you're not honestly getting to know each other over the summer, kind of learning the style as the season goes along? I mean, it's got to be, you know, a, a comfort now. Yeah, it's most definitely more comfortable. Last year, you know, he didn't he didn't get to go through spring ball with us last year. So he came in during fall camp, I believe. So he only had a couple weeks, maybe even just a month to kind of get to know us and then the season started rolling and as the season went on and progressed we started getting better and he started learning our our um, strengths more and we started learning his strengths more and what he does so you know him coach Kelly keeping him on staff really helped us a lot because we didn't have to go through another coaching change we just just keep building the relationship that we were trying to build with coach Brad and so far it's worked out and coach Kelly's an offensive line coach by trade or, or has taken a huge interest in it throughout his time. What what's it like, you know, sitting down with your head coach and he's kind of speaking your language a little bit? Oh, it's a it's a lot it's a lot more better, you know. Kind of with Coach O is more defensive orientated, but Coach Kelly he understands the offensive line. In order to have a great team, the offense it starts with the offensive line. Like whether that be you know we we probably got one of the best defensive linemen coming into the twenty twenty two season. So like our defensive line is stacked, you know what I'm saying? So going out there every day and them making us better and we and we're making them better, it just basically starts up front with everybody. 
And, you know, you look at who you guys face across from you. I mean, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, Jacqueline Roy, Jacoby and Guillory, BJ Ojolari, Ollie Gay. And I mean, you know, guys like Savion Jones are coming along. Quincy Wiggins got some talent. What's that group like? I mean, who's who's the toughest? I know you're in the interior. Who's the toughest for you to have to go against? Uh, the toughest for me to have to go against, I would say Mason Smith. Uh, only because, like, Mason Smith, he's just – he's a very powerful guy. But at the same time, he can beat you with finesse too. You know what I'm saying? So his athleticism is off the charts. And also he can bring that power with him as well. So going against him every day and guys like Jay Roy and Jacoby and, like, those are the guys we'll see week in and week out in the SEC. So if I if I can handle them and I can, you know, play with them, then I know I can compete at the highest level in the, in the uh, NCAA. And, you know, now you guys are focused on summer workouts, prepping for fall camp. But fast forward all the way to when you guys take the field against Florida State. Win or lose, what's, what's going to be something noticeable about this team that LSU fans or the nation will, will see out of you guys uh, when you guys do play Florida State? I think they'll see uh, a lot more togetherness than the last few years. You know, win or lose, I feel like this group that we have now is just more intertwined with each other. Like, it, it's guys here, you know, day in and day out when we when we might not even have to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not scheduled to do anything, but, you know, it's still guys coming around the facility, grabbing their lunch, coming in the locker room, you know, going over plays with each other. Hey, what did I do wrong on this? Or how do, how do I, you know what I'm saying? It's a, and even with the younger guys, you can see it's starting to mold in them as well. Like, they'll come up to the older guys and ask questions like, hey, you know, it's more it's more togetherness, you know. Like, in the past, you could kind of see us on the field. We, we break down. And then, you know, it was just a little bit separated because of the things that was going on outside of, you know, outside of what was going on. So this year, I feel like we're a lot more together. Um, and the coaches have built that in us because, you know, during the spring, you know, it was it wasn't a just it wasn't just about go work with this position group and go work with that person and do this and do that. It was more like everybody's intertwined into this one team and we're all going to get better together. Well, I mean, that's about as good of a breakdown as we can get, you know, across the offensive line. We got to look at the defensive line where the program's kind of headed under, under this staff. Let's, let's turn to the off the field. What everybody really wants to know. What have you been watching this summer? Anything good come across your Netflix or Hulu or anything like that? Oh yeah. Uh, recently, matter of fact, last night, I just finished, uh, watching a Lincoln lawyer. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It was a it was a very, very good movie. And then, you know, Matthew McConaughey played that role in the movie and stuff like that. But the show is like the show kind of gives you a broader aspect and it's a lot more going on in the show than it was in the movie. So Lincoln Lawyers for sure must watch for me. What's next on the uh on the Netflix train or anything else that that you've uh, got your eye on? Uh, Stranger Things. I know um, the sequel to season four comes out in July 1st, so y'all get y'all got to get out of look to uh, Stranger Things. Yes, waiting for that one to come out as well. A lot of good stuff out there on Netflix. Um, also waiting for Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you if you watch that, but that one's coming out. If, if not, I highly recommend that. Uh, that one's okay. good. Um, 
what else do you like to do in your free time? What, you know, when you, tr- when you try to occupy your time, get, get your mind off football, what do you like to do? Uh, I really like to go around BR, like searching for different food spots. Like I'm a big food guy, food connoisseur. I like to cook myself and things like that. So I try to go around, look for the best restaurants to eat at. So like recently I went to Rouge Creole, it was a great spot. Um, you know, it was just real, real good uh, Cajun food. Um, another spot also, uh, Rafino's. I had went to Rafino's one time. That was really, really good. It's a little bit of like Italian, but it has a Cajun twist to it. Um, also, you know, when I just want something quick and heavy, you know, to keep weight on me, I go to Raul's too. Okay. All right. Three really good wrecks there. I've been to Rouge. I've been to Rafino's. I'll have to add uh, Raul's uh, to that list. Uh, I will say Elsie's on government oh yeah elsie's is awesome man i didn't <laughs> i did eat everywhere around here elsie's is also good too yeah love elsie's sure. big elsie's that key lime pie that key oh. lime pie oh my god oh, okay i'll have to add that to my list that boudin burger gets me though that's what i that's what i enjoy uh brq also a good spot we love love superior but you know we wouldn't keep it you know on the yeah. rails and all that but um no uh what do you like to cook? What What's your go-to, you know, if you've had people over, what, what are you cooking up? Uh, steaks. I love to sear steaks. That's my that's my favorite thing to do. Like I go on a grill, put some on a grill, sear them on a cast iron skillet, just steaks, um, macaroni and cheese, oh. and then got to have a little broccoli too, something green to keep it healthy. So <laughs> I go steak, macaroni and cheese, and broccoli. Okay. All right. Well, very good. Well, you can do a little sun-dried tomatoes in that mac and cheese, maybe some bacon too, and just, you know, really get it, get it going there. But look, I think we're all hungry now. We can all take a break (laughs) from the the pod now and and go get something to eat now that we're done. So Charles, thanks so much for joining the pod. We'll have to have you back again. Uh, Let us know what you're cooking next and, you know, new Netflix recommendations, but we absolutely loved having you on, man. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right. Well, that was Charles Turner on the Bengal Tiger podcast. We will catch you guys next week with another edition of the pod. So keep it locked on the BengalTiger.com and the Bengal Tiger podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.